It is great to welcome you to Providence Church and say hello to you. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so thankful that you have joined us in worship wherever you may be right in this moment. Many of you are watching this on the Sunday before Memorial Day, so I want to wish you a happy Memorial Day weekend, a time when we give special thanks for those who have given their lives who've actually sacrificed for something that they believed in. And, and so on this weekend, we give a special thanks uh, for those who've given their lives. And I know it's not exactly what this weekend is for, but it also seems fitting to give thanks to those who have served or who currently serve in the military. Uh, we have many members of Providence Church who serve in active duty, some who are deployed at this time, who may be watching from a far off place. And so we say thank you. Uh, to our veterans, uh, you may be sitting next to a veteran right now, so you can grab her arm or grab his arm as a way of the church uh, giving thanks. It's uh, normally our custom on this day to ask folks who've served in the military to stand up, and uh, those folks stand, and we give a big ovation and just give thanks. So I can picture your faces right now as uh, we applaud you in our hearts. If you're at home right now and want to applaud, <laughs> go for it, as uh, we give special thanks this weekend. It was great to uh, hear from our seniors, our seniors in high school who read to us the scripture this morning from Matthew chapter 5, and we certainly do wish you guys a big uh, congratulations. We're so proud of you. Uh, we're so um, uh, thankful and looking forward to what God is going to do in your life, and, and we grieve with you too a bit as, as we realize that this is not exactly uh, how we thought this would go and how this time would feel like. And so we join with you in that, but we give you uh, one of those great uh, Providence Church charges, which is to say you're brave and you're strong and you're known and you're loved. So way to go. And I would say way to go parents as well. <laughs> Good job on uh, uh, just getting them through. That's, that's, that's incredible. We're so, we're so proud of you as well. So we're in a season where there are some things that we would have expected to go one way that are now going another way. So we would expect it to celebrate seniors and have high school graduations in the way that we had pictured with big arenas packed out. And many of us would have thought about Memorial Day celebrations or even Memorial Day parades that could be happening that, that aren't happening. And so all I'm saying, I'm bringing that up to say there is a part of this season where we are saying, man, I'm longing for a different day. I'm thinking about a different time. I'm, I'm sort of wishing for a, a better time or a time when things are made right. I don't know about you, but in the midst of this pandemic, there's been a part of me that's been longing for heaven. Anybody else? Just sort of been longing for heaven, which isn't to say I'm not ready to go anywhere or anything like that. I want to I spend my time here, but there is this part of me that's sort of like enough, uh, that's like, come on. Uh, or come on, Jesus, you know, there's this, this longing in, inside of me for something more. And the Christian faith actually has a belief that Jesus is going to come back, that Jesus is going to come and, and make things right and make things better, that Christ has died and Christ has risen, but Christ will also come again. So it's actually appropriate. Uh, there is a certain kind of appropriate longing that we can have in this moment for Jesus. If you feel that right now, if you're like, this isn't all that I hoped it would be, I'm longing for Jesus, there's a, there's a goodness in that, there's an appropriateness in that. My wife, Rachel, and I uh, try to spend uh, some time out on our front porch each night, uh, especially in this time, and we sit out there, and um, both of us in our lives and sort of our life work, we have ended up walking alongside of people my job as a pastor, my wife Rachel is a counselor and a social worker. And so 
many, many times when we're sitting on that front porch reflecting on our day, we also feel the suffering of other people and feel our own suffering, actually. And so just because we walk alongside people and people experience suffering and people experience longing for something more, a lot of times as we're unraveling for our day, uh, we feel that together. And it is not uncommon for my wife, Rachel, to just say out loud, oh, come, Lord Jesus. She'll just say it. She's old school like that. She'll just say, oh, come, Lord Jesus. And we'll sit in that moment. But Rachel will say that at other times, too. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll hear her in the laundry room. She'll be like, come, Lord Jesus. You know, <laughs> she's in there. And we, you know, we give her space in those moments. Or like, she'll come in to the kitchen, and we've made a mess. And uh, like, we've been making a lot of chocolate chip pancakes during uh, the pandemic, me and, me and the girls. And she'll walk in and see kind of what we're up to. And she'll just be like, come, Lord Jesus, you know, under her breath. Because, I mean, the very nature of chocolate chip pancakes is they're messy and you you want to eat the pancakes like as soon as they come off. So like the mess is going to be there for a moment. We're going to clean it up. But anyways, come Lord Jesus. There's a, there's a longing in us sometimes when we see things that we wish were in a different way. And we'll, we'll say we want something else to come. We want Jesus to come. We've spent the last five weeks looking at a particular passage in Matthew chapter 5 called the Beatitudes. It's from a Latin word that means blessing, where Jesus is laying out some things that tell us about a present condition that is available to us, where he says, blessed are those who feel poor on the inside, and blessed are those who are mourning and who are grieving you know, in their hearts. And so he's talking about this sort of present, um, present condition that is available to them, a joy, a blessing that is available for them in the moment. But we've talked about that it's not just a right now thing that Jesus is talking about, but that actually there is a looking forward in the midst of that. So we looked at one week, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And then we flip to the back of the Bible and we find in this time when Jesus comes back that he says, one day, there is a day coming, I'm gonna wipe away every tear from every eye. Like, whoa, I'm thankful for the blessing now, but I'm also really looking forward to that moment when Jesus uh, says there's no more mourning, there's no more pain, there's no more grief. Pastor Mark walked us through one of them a couple of weeks ago that says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And then we flip to the back of, of, of the Bible in Revelation where it says, one day all the thirst is gonna be gone. <laughs> Every thirst is going to be quenched. And so today what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna look at the last three statements, the last three Beatitudes. I've saved them up for you. And they are actually, in my opinion, the hardest of the three. Uh, and, and, and the reason they're the hardest is because they're the hardest for us to see ourselves in. And so as I say them, I don't want you to just check out when you hear about the pure or the peacemaker or the persecuted. Jesus is dropping some alliteration on us there. The pure and the, and the peacemaker and the persecuted, you're gonna think, that's not me. But I want you to hang in there a little bit. It's gonna seem a little bit hard, but I've got a big promise coming for you in the end that'll be worth it if you, if you hang in there, okay? So the first one we look at, Matthew chapter five says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So you can kind of get the picture of, you know, purity is as allowing for a certain kind of clarity that allows us to see better. The, the, the more pure something is, the more we can see. This week, Mark, uh, Mark was talking about the bus rolling in, and it was such a cool moment, this uh, bus from the Wilson County School System. It was a, sort of a pure moment for me. 18 months or so ago, we heard of a dream of our school system 
that they wanted to have these mobile buses because there could be times when there were a bunch of kids who are usually getting fed in schools who wouldn't be getting fed. And so we believed in that dream because God had given us a dream to see everyone fed in Wilson County. And so you guys responded in a way that blew us away. It ended up uh, paying for two buses and a bus for the Lebanon City School District as well. But to see it the other day in a time, obviously, when we, we need food in our community and to see people from our neighborhoods driving into the church parking lot and to see our people from our church community driving into the parking lot, it was this pure moment. Pastor Regina said, hey, Jacob, come up here to the training room this room we have in the, in the church, she said, I've got some more groceries. And I walk into the training room and it looks like Aldi in there. You know, it's like there's groceries everywhere and we're packing up food and we're, we're taking it out. By the time I get down to the bus, it's not just us who's down there, but Tzatziki's has shown up, a restaurant, and they're serving warm meals to the families, just putting them, you know, into the cars. We're wearing masks. We're wearing gloves. Cracker Barrel <laughs> pulls up and they've got these gift baskets for kids that have all these cool kids, you know, from the Cracker Barrel store. These are, are businesses that are struggling in this time and they're, and I'm not meaning for this to be like an ad for Cracker Barrel, but I would give an ad for Cracker Barrel because I love Cracker Barrel. But what happened in that moment is here's what I saw. I saw God. And I'll just tell you, this season for me has been as stinky as any season I've ever been in. I've had enough. But there was something pure about the moment because of the, the purity of, of what God has been leading us through and to see that vision come to life that I actually saw God in the parking lot of our church with a mask on. Now, do I consider myself pure in heart? I do not. I, like, I might have one pure moment in the day or a pure motive every once in a while, but do I actually think of myself as pure in heart? Not really, you know? Like, I'm constantly editing. Like, if you could hear all that I think, it would scare you. Like, this, you know, like I'm constantly editing myself. I don't consider myself pure in heart. And the Bible actually backs that up for me. It says, for all have sinned and fall short. It, it tells us that our, that our nature is that we've actually uh, fallen short of the glory of God. There's another verse that says, there is no one righteous, no, not one. And so that we actually have this sort of a fallen nature, right? We're like naughty by nature. You know, we have, we're just kind of messed up from the, the get-go. But those verses in the Bible that talk about that nature are not trying to point us in a direction that we're, you know, just consider yourself a scoundrel and you're done. No, no, no. They, they, those verses never even leave us hanging in those instances. Like that verse I said that says, there is no one righteous, no, not one, in Romans chapter three. A few verses later it says, but there is a righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus for those who believe. So when we get the verse about our state, that we're, we don't have a pure heart, then we get the, the solution in Christ. That famous one from Romans chapter three, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, is followed right up by this verse that says, and all are justified. So all fall short and all are justified. How? Freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. What it's saying is that we're made pure by Jesus. The very next verse says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood, that's how it happened, to be received by faith. And so we are actually made pure by Jesus. Our sins are washed away by Jesus. We're right. I'm a scoundrel. You're not pure at heart in every single way. 
but there's something that Christ has done that has made us right. There's something that Christ has done that allows us to claim a purity that we could never claim on our own. But here's the deal, guys. In Matthew chapter 5, when it says the pure in heart, it's actually probably not talking about that purity that I just spent a few minutes on. That's something we should claim and hold on to, and there's nothing we could do to earn it. It's more likely, when it says the, the, the pure in heart there, it's more likely talking about a focus of our heart, an alignment of our heart, a devotion of our heart. And what I'm getting at here is that there actually is a purity that we can seek. And so actually, we should seek purity. I'm not talking about that kind that we can't earn that only Jesus has done. And we can't really earn this one either. But there is something that we can do in our lives to, be, to begin to align ourselves with God, to begin to seek after the ways of Christ, to focus our hearts, to, to be devoted to what God would want us to do. And so we seek after that purity. It sounds like such a high ideal, right? We hear the pure in heart and think, ooh, that's not me. I don't have any chance at that. But guys, an ideal uh, sounds ideal because it's really ideal. <laughs> and sometimes I'm surprised by how quickly we'll take the lower road or the lower path or the thing that's just way down there instead of actually seeking after the high thing that Jesus is saying that we can have access to, that we should seek after that kind of purity, that we must keep um, moving and going after purity. And in, in that moment, like with our church, with the bus out there, I can tell you, I know our church inside and out. We're not a church that is like perfectly pure all the time. But there are times when I feel us, you know, singularly devoted to something in the spirit where God leads us to a place. And what happens is in those moments is we see God. And so we could say right now, man, it sure is hard to seek purity. Yeah, it is. But the payoff's pretty big, right? That we get to see God. I'm going after it. And so in those, in those moments, we, we seek after that high thing that Jesus has given us, a pure thing, and, and seek to, to align our heart with it. We, we can't earn it, but we can say, I will go so desperately after Jesus that I would be willing to give my whole life for it. I will go after him. I will go after him. I will go after him. And it's then that Jesus follows up that next statement with this one. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And so there's a direct connection. I'm going to try to walk us through it, a direct connection between seeking purity, seeking a focused heart after God, and seeking peace. So we should seek peace. Peter talks about this. So Peter would have been on the mountainside when Jesus, when he heard those uh, Beatitudes, he would have heard these, he would have known those. And Peter talks about this in a letter that we have in the Bible called 1 Peter, chapter 3. Here's what it says. He says, they must turn from evil and do good. That sounds like kind of turning your heart, right? Getting aligned with God, trying to go after those good things. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. What, what is Peter saying there? He's saying after we realize the purity that we're going after in God, then we must seek after peace and pursue it with our lives. Jesus is saying that peace should be something that we just totally go after. But if you notice, he doesn't say really that we're supposed to seek peace. He says that we can make peace, that we as the people of God can be those who make peace. 
what I see happening in the world a lot out there is a bunch of stirring stuff up. You know, just stirring stuff up and stirring up strife and stirring up disunity and making a big mess and giving no thought to cleaning it up. Well, that may be the kingdom outside, but if we're saying we are the ones who want to help usher in Jesus' kingdom, then we should take note that he says the blessing is for those who make peace. And for those who become peacemakers and seek after peace, they will be called children of God. Wow. I mean, I've been thinking about that, like that God's actually telling us what we do when he looks out and says, oh, there are my children. Like, you know, when we are actually seeking after peace, God says, those are the ones who are called my children. Those are called my, my kids. There's my people. They're doing my thing. You know, sometimes Rachel will say that about uh, our girls when they do something. She'll say, those are your children, Jacob you know, because they've done something like me. You know, they've been a smart aleck like me or they've been mischievous like me. And I'm proud of them for that. You know, I'm like, way to go, girls. Um, But also there are these other times when I see my girls and they are doing what I have raised them up to do. They are doing what I have prayed over them to do, what their grandparents have prayed over them to do, where we see something in our girls where they have been lifted up to some honorable place. And I say, there are my children. What would we do? If we knew what we could do in our very lives, that God would look at us and say, there are my children. Well, he tells us, he says, when you seek peace, when you pursue peace, when you become a peacemaker, God looks at us and says, there are my children. I know some of you who've come to Providence Church for a long time, that when you hear something like this, when you hear, you're telling me that if I do this, God will look at me and say, there are my children. I know you guys, you're saying, I'm all in. I've seen you do it time and time again with your finances, with your time, with your heart. Well, I'm trying to to share with you a truth that's just becoming real to me, that we are being called upon in a time when people are stirring up strife and stirring up disunity and making big messes and don't care anything about messing, uh, cleaning it up, don't care anything about the ones that it's hurting. God is saying, my children are the ones who walk into this world and seek peace. They pursue it. Peter, who stood with Jesus, said, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We would say, man, seeking peace all day, that sounds really hard. It is, but guess what? The payoff's really big. God looks at us and says, there are my children. That's what I want to be called. I want to be called a child of God. So in the midst of this, we see how hard it is. We realize that there's suffering within what God is even calling us to do. That's what Jesus is saying, but he's saying there's There's not um, blessing outside of suffering. There's blessing in the suffering. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the people who are mourning. Blessed are the people who are low down. Blessed are the, the people who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. I told you about some of those verses where we see our purity come through Christ through a justification that happens through Jesus and Jesus alone. It's talked about a little bit further in Romans chapter five. I wanna share this verse with you, Romans 5, one. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that's all that stuff I've been talking about, the work of Christ on the cross, uh, the purity that only comes through Jesus. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's one way I would say that. The purity given through Christ leads to peace with God. That, that first kind that we've talked about, what only Jesus can do, allows us to be at peace and to be at peace with God. 
But the next thing I would tell you is this. Peace with God leads us to work for peace with others. You have no chance of having peace with other people if you don't have peace with God. That's a big statement, but I believe it to be true. Like, you're not going to find peace with all these other people until you find peace with God. So I want to walk through that Romans verse again uh, with that in mind. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, through whom, that Jesus is the whom, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So what Jesus has done, that's what allows us to stand today. Ooh, man, it's all grace, and we just stand in it. And then we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So we just kind of, as Christians, we're just boasting. We're so hopeful and thankful because of the glory of God. But listen to the next verse. It says, not only so. So not only just this boasting in the hope of who God is and the glory, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering is producing something in us. Suffering produces perseverance. And if you read on, it says perseverance produces character and character hope. The next thing that Jesus says is blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He goes on to say, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If we were all in the room today and we had been uh, celebrating Memorial Day weekend and having our high school seniors here, I think I probably would have taken this moment to look at the seniors, the seniors in high school, and I would say, you know what? We're so proud of you. (laughs) We're so thankful for what God has done in your life We have seen you as people of faith grow up in the church and grow up in your faith. you got to understand, I I know these students. I know a lot of those students that you saw in the video and even some who aren't on there. These guys, some of those those guys in the video were first graders when we started our church. I remember some of them, first graders that, that we met at this school called Stoner Creek Elementary, and our first graders met on the floor in the lobby. And I've seen some of these kids grow up, and I've seen the faith that they have. Some of them, we've walked through, you know, uh, illness together. There are some kids on that video who we've walked through the loss of their parents together. So this may have been the moment where I would have looked at them and said, hey, you know what? Following Jesus is not easy. There is no promise that, that everyone is going to applaud you for every step that you take in it. But seek purity. Seek the high ideal that Jesus has for you. You will see God in your life. Seek peace. Please, guys, will y'all be the generation? Mine hasn't done it. Will y'all be the generation that seeks and makes peace? That seeks and makes peace. If you do, you will be called children of God. And and you got to know this. People are going to insult you. They're going to falsely say all kinds of evil against you. But guess what? Great is your reward in heaven. And every other follower of Jesus who's given their all, who's desperately gone after Christ and said they'd be willing to sacrifice everything for it, has found themselves in that place where people have deserted them and criticized them and pushed them aside. But Jesus said, hey, guess what? That's what they said about all the other people that came before you. You're in good company You're actually standing now in the company of heaven. 
Here's what, I told you there was a big promise if you hung on till the end, right? There's a big promise that happens when we turn to the back of the Bible again. The last chapter of the last book of the Bible in Revelation. It gives us a big promise for all these things. It says this, no longer will there be any curse. Guys, there's a day that we can look forward to that we won't have to stand up and say, I don't have those pure motives. My heart is, is fallen. My heart is sinful. There's coming a day where no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the lamb will be in the city. Just try to picture it. It's, it's a big image. It's a big kind of vision. The throne of God and the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. That's us. And they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They won't even need light. They won't need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Some of you heard it. The promise is we will see Jesus. We will see him face to face. And it's like this journey we've been on in Matthew chapter five. The promise is a far off promise for a day that is yet to come and it's the promise for today. So those of you pure in heart, I want everybody to try to see yourselves as pure in heart today, that you would say, I will seek after God with all my heart. Those of you who are pure in heart, you will see God. Peacemakers, those of you who seek it, those of you who make it, those of you who are, who are at peace, you will be called children of God. And those of you who are persecuted, those of you who are feeling pushed aside and not included and not, not in, the, in the groove with, with all the world around you, uh, yours is the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down and he began to teach them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful with their big old buckets of mercy. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. You will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen.